Welcome to the Money Wise Women Show, brought to you by MoneyMorphosis.com. Are you ready to be inspired to upgrade your financial skills? Listen to feminine leaders sharing practical advice and valuable insights. Shift your money mindset, improve communication skills, and learn financial management tips. Although we do not provide investment advice, you can check out MoneyMorphosis.com. That's Money-M-O-R-P-H-O-S-I-S.com to find simple ways to boost your true wealth. Hello, it's Crystal Arnold, your hostess and creator of Money Wise Women and Money Morphosis. So the world is changing very quickly, as I'm sure everyone knows in a lot of ways. Uh, it's a very different world than it was for, um, you know, people born uh, decades ago and and our parents' generation. I'm 35 years old, so I'm right on the uh, cusp of a millennial and Generation X. And it's such a fascinating time uh, to be stepping into power and, and the prime of, of um, my uh, career here and I have two young children and just really I feel like um, my generation really has a great deal of opportunities and uh, challenges which are very unique and different to uh, the older people and just really feel like the more intergenerational understanding that we can create through authentic sharing, uh, the more we can create, co-create the world, uh, which, which benefits all. And, and especially economically, being an economist and looking at the numbers of, of wealth consolidation, student loan debt, um, you know, some of the dynamic systemic challenges that we face. I find that it's very important to look at the reality of the numbers and our situation and and really how how can we throw off the shackles of of um, generations and decades of of economic um, dare I say enslavement and really become more empowered and and live a more joyful satisfying purpose driven life. And more and more people are waking up to to this necessity that the more each person can get in touch with their own unique um, purpose and gifts, that the world becomes a better place. So this is uh, why I am so excited to talk to our guests today. We have Alexandra Dowis and Nellie Morris who are the co-founders of Purpose Generation, which is a millennial strategy and insights firm dedicated to really helping big brands understand and engage the next generation of consumers and employees. And more recently, the duo launched the Purpose Playbook, a digital platform that offers tactics, tools, and inspiration to help people live more purposeful, purpose-filled lives. As two female, entre- uh, two female leaders and founders, Alexandra and Nellie spend a lot of time on the road but feel fortunate to call California home. 
These ladies are incredible. They are experts on how their generation works, invests, shops, and communicates, and are passionate about leveraging this expertise <clears throat> to make an impact on the people around them. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, sorry. So, <clears throat> Welcome, ladies. I would love to start by <clears throat> by hearing a little bit more about what excites you most about your work. Great. And thank you so much, Crystal. Both Nellie and I are extremely grateful that we were allowed to speak to your listeners on this podcast today. And I think, you know, as you think about purpose-driven companies or companies that have a social impact or social good element, many people immediately think of some of the startups that have popped up in recent years, such as Warby Parker, Feed, Tom's Shoes. And I think while we're big supporters of these innovative young brands, um, what excites at least me very much about what we do is the opportunity to actually work with some of the bigger, more established, iconic brands and help them really leverage their scale and resources to make an outsized impact, whether it be independently or actually in partnership with some of those younger brands. And these big school brands, as we like to call them, are sometimes viewed as unsexy, um, but because of their scale, they really do have the opportunity to create or to set a new standard and really create transformative products um, and change the way that, that products and services are built, marketed, and distributed, but also you know, what the workplace looks like today. And I think both Nellie and I feel very fortunate that we get to almost act as a tour guide for these companies to help them better understand the needs and preferences of our generation and how they can um, serve those a little bit better to create a more purpose-driven world and consumer marketplace. Yeah, and I think just to add to Alex, um, what gets me excited is really from the beginning we have aimed to be this platform that really connects or bridges our generation and these large old school brands. And I think a big part of our job is getting to talk to passionate millennials who really want to co-create alongside brands and create more purposeful products and services. And so our job is really to raise the voice of our generation um, and collaborate alongside these brands in building a more purposeful tomorrow. And that's what, what gets us excited. Mm. So I love that. I, I get the sense that, um, that we are bridging the old into this new, which is just becoming clear. We are getting glimpses of what is possible for humanity and and I love how you are really working within um, some of these old school um, <clears throat> organizations to to affect change. I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, your journey with starting Purpose Generation and, and what really uh, led you to create this. Great. Um, well, first I'll give you some backstory on how we started the company, and then I can dive into a bit more of the work we actually do. Um, so Alex and I started Purpose Generation now five years ago, um, which in some ways feels like a blink of an eye, and in other ways feels like it's been an eternity. 
Um, but we were 22 and 23 years old when we started it. And we initially met for coffee in the mornings in New York and would discuss why so many of our friends were leaving uh, their jobs and unhappy um, at the companies they were working for. Um, most of them leaving the corporate world for startup jobs in hopes of really finding a greater sense of purpose or agency to have an impact. And we recognize that these large corporations have all the resources to make an impact but don't understand the or didn't understand the way to really leverage those correctly to retain top talent and engage younger consumers. And so you can imagine that we at that age had very short resumes um, and pretty much no credibility, but we knew that we had unique insight and understanding of how our generation consumes and invests, communicates, and works. And so we figured with our determination and the relationships and networks we had and our creativities, that would make up for our lack of experience. Um, and so we set out to prove our value add as millennial experts to um, really, we started pursuing some of the top executives at the most iconic Fortune 500 companies. Um, and so we first initially went after banks and pitched mostly to your old white-haired guys who pretty much gave us blank stares and asked why they should care about millennials as millennials don't have the money yet. So we pivoted a bit and um, somehow convinced our first client, which was Campbell Soup Company, to take a chance on us. Um, and from then on, we worked incredibly hard to prove ourselves to those first few clients um, and focused on delivering better outcomes than any of our competitors. And I think as a result, most of our growth has been from word of mouth and referrals from clients, and that's something we're, we're really proud of. Um, so fast forward a few years, and now almost 60% of our clients are banks, um, and we work with brands such as Wells Fargo, Disney, AARP, Morgan Stanley, um, and Phil Campbell Soup. And so we're really a millennial insights strategy and content company and helping these brands almost as we call ourselves the millennial SWAT team that comes in and helps our clients really navigate our generation and connect with the right communities, influencers, partners, or environments and through the most relevant channels. And I think one of our other kind of key differentiators that we focused on building out from the beginning was instead of making assumptions about what our generation wants or assuming that uh, our own opinion or our teams reflect that of everyone else, we decided to build out what we call our tribe, which is our own database of 19 to 35-year-olds who really act as our in-house in insights engine. And um, it's made up of individuals who are really engaged and passionate and want to co-create alongside these brands. And so we kick off most of our projects by tapping into our tribe, and then we continue coming back to them for feedback, um, gut checks along the way to ensure that the consumer voice is really an integral part of every solution or strategy that we implement for our clients. Um, and so we've, it's been quite a journey over the past five years, and we're, we've learned so much um, and have had some incredible experiences and are really proud and honored to work with the clients that we work with. Um, but we're also really excited for all that's to come with Purpose Generation and beyond. It's, it's so important. I love that story because of the awareness that you're bringing to these companies about the uh, increasing 
influence that millennials have. I recently heard uh, about the statistics of, of the wealth transfer that's happening um, in, in this uh, time period to, to, to millennials and the significance of, of understanding their, um, their beliefs and their values and, and how they behave as, as consumers and employees and I'm curious, you know, what, what insights do you have around the, um, the increasing impact and influence of, of millennials financially and in the marketplace? Well, I think they recently actually overtook baby boomers in terms of their, um, you know, one, the amount percentage that they make up of employees, but also in terms of their spending and their purchasing power. Um, they're the largest generation to date at 80 million strong. Um, and I think that one of the biggest shifts that's happening is that they really are empowered to, um, you know, put their money where their mouth is and make purchases that reflect the world that they want to see and support the brands that they believe are doing right by them. Um, and I think that that is something that a lot of brands are really starting to pay attention to and to listen to because not only are they able to vote with their wallet, but they're also using social media and other tools to actually speak up and out against the brands that are not aligned with you know, the way that they view the world and that aren't making the impact that they believe they should be. And a very large percentage of millennials, I want to say in the 70 or 80 percent or percent, believe that companies, especially Fortune 500s, have a really important role to play in, you know, changing the world for the better. Um, and so they really are looking to businesses and the power of capitalism to make those changes. Mm, fascinating. Yeah, tell me a little bit more. Get, get us, um, you know, many listeners may be in this generation and just uh, wanted to hear more about, you know, the qualities and values that you are seeing um, in, in particular around our relationship to money. And, you know, for so many of the youth, I feel like there is a great deal of stress and anxiety about financial uncertainty and, and some of the dynamics that, that are happening with uh, this generation. So uh, curious, any insights you have around, um, uh, around that and, and what can be done about it? Yeah, I think that's um, a really great question. And, and for millennials specifically, I mean, the amount of student debt is higher than it's ever been. And a lot of millennials actually entered the for workforce during um, 2008, which was the market crash and the greatest economic downturn since the Great Depression. Um, and so we're, we're also living longer lives. And so millennials are rethinking what social security means and what redefining what even retirement means. Um, and so I think there's, when it comes to stress around finance, we also have um, the lowest literacy rates when it comes to understanding personal finance. And um, the role of, of a bank and of a financial institution has had to really develop, um, more progress to be almost a partner and um, instead of a service provider because we can go and Google anything and try and understand it, but what we need is someone who can translate it and educate us 
um, in, in the modern way in which we're used to, to consuming media or consuming content. And I think that's what banks are struggling with is financial jargon and how to translate that to a millennial consumer. Um, and millennials are hungry for knowledge and um, uh, financial information shown in a very simple way. Uh, to help us navigate even starting to pay off student debt or starting a savings plan or a plan for investing um, and some of those basic milestones that we have never been taught um, and now more than ever are needed um, for millennials to understand. Yeah, I would say I think that piece of growing up right in the midst of the biggest financial crash has really influenced millennials' relationship to money. So two interesting phenomena that we're seeing amongst our generation is I think first and foremost they're actually big savers. Um, and I think this comes because of the fact, like Nellie mentioned, that there is no guarantee that we can rely on any government support. Um, we're also living longer, so our retirement savings need to last us longer. And you know, it's unclear whether we'll even refer to it as retirement savings. Many millennials plan on having multiple mini-retirements throughout their career, but never fully stopping um, work altogether. And so I think saving is something that is um, very important to us. It's something that we're prioritizing. I think a recent study actually showed that one in six millennials has actually saved more than 100,000, um, which is a really big number. What is also happening, however, um, is that our generation, because of the crash, is very cautious when it comes to investing. And so while we're saving a lot, we're actually not investing in the markets as much. And so we may not be benefiting from the power of something like compound interest. Um, so I think something that you know, we, especially with our financial clients, really harp on um, is how we can promote that investing piece a little bit more, get our generation comfortable enough through education, again, like Nellie was referring to, um, so that they can actually start investing and um, you know, benefiting from the compound interest piece long term because the younger you start, um, some of the, you know, I think outside, you can really get outside benefits. Um, one of the projects that we actually worked on was with Morgan Stanley, and we called it the Millennial Playbook. Um, and this playbook uh, has 10 chapters, and each chapter relates to a specific life milestone um, that our generation is encountering or has recently encountered, ranging from graduating college all the way through getting married, having your first child or starting a family, um, to thinking through your kind of philanthropic mission statements. Um, and it provides tips and tools and tactics on how to navigate those various milestones from a financial point of view. Um, and it's all written you know, without any jargon. It's very millennial friendly, so to speak. Um, it's very visually engaging. We have a lot of different graphs in there, infographics. Um, and it's you know something that both Nellie and I really wish we had um, as we entered the workforce originally, now almost eight years ago. Um, and as a result, I think it's been such a fun project for us to work on, and we're already hearing from clients and from the financial advisors that are using this tool how valuable it is. 
Um, and honestly, it was shocking to us that something like this didn't already exist. Um, but this is exactly you know, where we hope to make an impact as purpose generation, is helping these institutions like Morgan Stanley create this type of content so that they can better prepare the next generation, but also position themselves as that partner instead of you know, a financial provider that makes all the decisions for you behind um, you know, a curtain and you don't really understand why or how certain things will benefit you in the long term. Hmm. Right. It's like there is so much information available to us and we need to make meaning of it. And that's what we're hungry for is, is wisdom and meaning and not just uh, numbers and, and uh, financial jargon. And so it sounds like such a brilliant project and so happy to know that 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 is uh, education is a huge piece of it and and we're not taught in the average school you know uh basic financial management skills and it really is uh some fascinating effects and uh and uh insights that you just shared in into uh into this younger generation uh let's let's talk a little bit about your newest project uh, you started uh, this, created this purpose playbook after you've spent the last five years, you know, focusing exclusively on, on these bigger brand companies and would love to hear uh, what it is and what led you to create it. Great. Yeah, so I think part of the reason why we actually called our original company Purpose Generation um, is because, and I'm sure you know, you've discussed this before with previous guests and, and your listeners are aware, I do think that our generation in particular is prioritizing purpose in a way that hasn't been possible before, both from you know, the jobs that we're taking to the products that we're pur purchasing. Purpose is, is very much front and center. And that's not to say that people in other generations haven't shared this desire for more meaning and living more intentionally. But I think because of technology and economic development, we actually have more tools than ever today to, to act on that desire. Um, and so what you're seeing is instead of waiting until retirement to ask some of the bigger questions about, you know, why we're here and what our personal purpose is in life or what the purpose of life is more generally, millennials are starting to ask themselves those questions a lot earlier on. And this is really exciting to us. Um, and I think it's something that over the past few years, maybe because our company was called Purpose Generation, um, we had a lot of peers come up to us and, and ask or talk about their own journeys to, to living more purposeful lives and finding more meaning um, in their careers. And when we looked around um, to see if there were any resources that we could point them to, um, we discovered that most of those resources were quite esoteric. And a lot of the stories that were being told around finding your purpose were all about you know, selling all your belongings, living out of the backpack, traveling around the world, um, you know, developing a meditation practice, and really dedicating you know, lots of time every day to that, um, which is something that didn't really match the reality or, or what was possible or relatable for many of our peers. Um, so we decided to create the Purpose Playbook, which essentially is a step-by-step -step roadmap 
to living a more purposeful life. Um, and it's, it's designed to really bring some method to the madness, so to speak, and it really applies the same frameworks that we actually use with our Fortune 500 um, clients to help them identify and articulate their unique purpose um, to help people do the same. Um, and really go on a discovery journey to determine you know, what really matters to them, what lights them up, when are they operating as their best self, and how can you design a life, career, relationships that allow you to operate in that space more frequently. Yeah, and I think just to add to that, what we and how we design the Purpose Playbook is that it's accessible for anyone at any stage in their life or, or approaching any milestone. So whether you're just entering the workforce, whether you are deciding to make a career shift, whether you are facing some big personal decisions, this is something that almost serves as that true north or something you can turn back to to be able to make sure the decisions you're making align with that. And I think it's something that we early on when we started Purpose Generation started to build out for ourselves, um, but wanted to make this accessible to everyone. And also, I think as the two of us, I'm probably more on the skeptical side. And so we really were intentional about making something that would be attractive to those who aren't already sold on, on personal development and self-development and um, that it's just much, much more accessible to a wider audience. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. Yes, it really seems essential for for people to really uh, connect uh, the younger people, especially with with the purpose, and be able to communicate it effectively, and and really um, feel feel that confidence. I'm I'm curious, you know, how especially women struggle with visibility and self worth, and and I'm curious when people become more connected with their purpose, how does that transform their ability to charge with their worth and feel more confidence really expressing their own value? Yeah. Well, I think one of the pieces that it's part of our kind of flagship course within Purpose Playbook is called Find Your Purpose. And one of the most valuable exercises that we go through in that course is creating a purpose statement. So one sentence that really defines what matters to you and when you're operating at your best. And to us, kind of your purpose or your sweet spot, so to speak, um, is the nexus of your strengths, um, your passions, and then your ability to actually contribute to the world and make a difference. And I think that oftentimes people can you know, easily wrap their head around the passion piece and the strengths piece, but they forget the contribution piece. And that is so critical because that, I think, is really where you get that self-worth from. What is the impact that you can have and only you can have on the world? You know, what were you really meant to do here? And so creating a purpose statement and having that single sentence, as Nellie just mentioned, that's really the true north that you can then refer back to. So we encourage people to put that sentence in as many different places as they can, in the back of their computer, on their mirrors, anywhere. And whenever you are facing a big decision or when you're feeling a little less confident about something, 
refer back to that purpose statement, um, and you can kind of find yourself in there. And again, every, every person on this entire planet has a different purpose statement or should have a different purpose statement. And I think that's the beauty of it. Um, and we hope that that's where people will really be able to find that sense of self-worth and are t- in a way that gives them the confidence to go out there and, you know, live their life in accordance with it. Mm. Well said. That does seem very powerful and just uh, the clarity of communication and, and being able to really express and, and know ourselves like so intimately that we are able to be more transparent and open and authentic uh, with people. Let's see. Anything else about how this Purpose Playbook really is distinct and different about some of the other um, purpose-seeking programs or models that are out there? Well, one just quick thought to add to the to the last discussion. Um, I, I do think that women often don't prioritize ourselves, and we sometimes will put others' care in, in ahead of ours, and especially female entrepreneurs. Um, and so, for us, I think Purpose Playbook has been a really great exercise of reminding ourselves to invest in ourselves first and foremost. Um, kind of the analogy of putting on your oxygen mask first before um, those around you. And so I, I, I do think that having going through this process gives you that ability to reinvest in, in who you are and remind yourself of what really matters to you. And then that allows you to then put in actions and different strategies to make sure that you stay true to that. Um, but I just wanted to loop that in in terms of how this really um, connects to, to women and confidence and self-worth. Yeah, and to answer your question on, I think, how we're different, as Nellie mentioned, we try to make this very tactical, um, very outcome results oriented, and very process driven. So we really walk people through a step-by-step process to ultimately get to designing a life on purpose because it feels like something that is so overwhelming and very opaque. I mean, it almost feels like it isn't even possible to feel like you know what your purpose is and to actually wake up every day and and live that out. And so by breaking it down into smaller, very tangible steps, we've actually found um, that, you know, we can create a really effective way of helping people reach that milestone or get there. Um, so I'd say that that is, is primarily how we're different from what's out there in the market today. Mm. Excellent. Super fascinating. I just love your perspectives on, uh, on this. I feel really uplifted right now because there is a wave of transformation happening right now and and women and the youth are are really taking a, a place of power and leadership in in some really uh fascinating ways that is turning the tide towards a more resilient uh enjoyable uh, prosperous world for for many people, and uh, so love your approach and and how it really takes the both addresses the rational, practical, more you know masculine uh, 
aspect within each one of us that likes to plan and and have uh, techniques and tactics, and then also the more feminine, spacious, self-care, uh, intuitive, spiritual aspect that uh, that together those two uh, just really seems like such such a powerful uh, package that you're offering. Well, we are excited to share it with the world. We're in the beginning, early days still with Purpose Playbook. So we are looking for any and all feedback and just excited to, to get this out there. Excellent. And if people are wanting to check it out, uh, you can go to www.purposeplaybook.com. They have a great uh, seven-day email course for free which I recently took, and it was just incredible. It was, in, in such a short amount of time, brought a great deal of insight and inspiration and, and focus in my own life and business. So I highly recommend checking out PurposePlaybook.com. And we'll go ahead and take a quick break here. And when we come back, let, let's explore more about what this generation, how they are balancing, you know, really fulfilling their purpose and financial stability and some of the dynamics with the future of work and the opportunities and, and challenges that come up for, for this generation building, um, building greater wealth and developing their career. So we will be back in just a moment here. Are you ready to enjoy greater financial freedom? Perhaps you're like Emily, a creative entrepreneur who wants to increase her income to provide for her family. Using the free video training found at discoveryourtruewealth.com, she learned the secrets to accessing hidden resources and creating lasting wealth. Emily learned a persuasive negotiation technique to bring in more money with her top clients. She boosted her credit score and opened new financial doors while reducing expenses. And she took specific steps to strengthen her existing relationships and create a safety net for her business. With the Discover Your True Wealth training, thousands of women have improved their bank balances and secured their family's future. With this free video course, you'll transform beliefs, behaviors, and skills with money. Take charge of your financial situation with the training found at discoveryourtruewealth.com. We are back with guests uh, Nellie and Alex, founders of the Purpose Playbook and Purpose Generation super inspiring conversation about the potential and the possibility of the youth that are rising up and, and coming into power and uh, just accessing greater wisdom and creativity and leading with purpose and investing with purpose and creating uh, solutions to so many of today's challenges in the world. It really is, uh, gives me a great deal of confidence that we are creating a more beautiful world that will, uh, you know, <clears throat> be able to, to sustain generations to come. 
So there are a lot of dynamics changing within the economy and within uh, work opportunities for the youth. We see so many more people uh, side hustling is, is a big um, hot topic right now and it's whole podcasts about it. There's many millennials who are facing the reality that there aren't as many nine to five jobs with retirement benefits as there used to be. And people are really needing to get creative and tap into uh, a variety of skills to make, make things work financially and develop their career. And so I would love to hear more your thoughts on, well, let's talk in general first about the, the dynamics that you're seeing within the, the workforce and the different opportunities and challenges. And I think you touched on so many of the different trends and factors that are playing into why I, I think and um, what companies are seeing and in individuals that now is more than ever a better time to fuse that purpose in financial stability because of the tools that we have and the way that our careers and the workplace is changing. I think you touched on side hustles, which um, for us, that, I mean, we started ours, Alex was still at Bain & Company when we started our company, and um, we, it was initially a side hustle until we got our, our first client, and then that allowed us to, to take the risk in fully diving in and starting Purpose Generation. Um, but I think for so many people, being able to have the side hustle or pursue your passion on the side of your job is a great way to test out whether that's a viable idea to pursue full time. But I also think that companies are very much needing to change and evolve to welcome in this new generation of um, employees where we want, you know, nine to five is no longer the norm. Separating our work and life is not expected. We want to bring our whole selves to work. We want to be able to show up and um, to share what our passions and our purpose is and integrate that into the work that we do. And so it's no longer this work-life balance, but it's really work-life integration and um, being able to pursue what we really care about while also maintaining having a, a steady paycheck come in. Um, so I think it's a really exciting time um, for not just millennials, but for, for across all generations and how we're evolving what the traditional idea of a career was, which is no longer that linear climbing the corporate ladder type of environment, but you're able to hop around not just industries and types of jobs, but take breaks and be able to travel. And like Alex touched on earlier, the idea of mini retirements, which I think retirement is completely being redefined because we are living much longer lives and we have the tools to be able to change our career and to take breaks and take sabbaticals or work from wherever we want. Um, and so it's forcing this, you know, all companies to consider how they infuse more purpose into their cultures as well, which is really exciting. Yeah, and I'll add, too, to that. It isn't just, I think, the corporate environment that's waking up to this new way of working, but there's an entire ecosystem being built now and, and infrastructure behind this idea of the freelance work-from-anywhere on-demand economy. Um, more than a third of the U.S. workforce is now doing freelance work. Um, and what's exciting is to see platforms like Upwork where people can search and hire freelancers. 
as well as, I mean, even financial tools. There's one called Even that actually allows freelancers to better manage their cash flow and get an interest-free loan if they need it to bridge one month to the next if they're waiting for payment from a client. So there's so many more tools right now that is allowed that are enabling people to kind of pursue something that they're they're passionate about, whether it be as a side hustle or whether it be as a full-time job. And one thing that I that I will note is it is important to test and experiment before deciding to make your side hustle your full-time job because what we've seen too is for many people, um, you know, it may be better to pursue a certain passion as a side hustle because if you try to have your livelihood depend on it, it may not be as fulfilling as it once was. So we by no means want to um, be evangelists of people, you know, leaving their jobs and pursuing, you know, something that they love just for the sake of it. We really do want you to be smart about that and either take the time like I did when leaving Bain um, to make sure that it's, you know, financially um, sustainable but also just to ask yourself some of the tough questions. Will I still enjoy this just as much as I do now when I'm doing it, um, you know, 12 hours a day to get off the ground? Um, but it is exciting to us to, to see how this, this whole new future of work is evolving and very much being driven by some of our peers, but also by some of those large companies and clients that, that we work with. Mm. It's so refreshing to hear that. I feel like there's so much fear and negativity about the workforce is being automated and there's so much scarcity in the mainstream messaging that really doesn't leave, um, you know, people the ability to create and define their own definition of success and what success is. And that's really changing a lot. It's way different from the baby boomers definition and expectation of what a successful career would look like and and like you said it, it uh, feels a lot of what you were describing feels a lot more natural of like shorter work days more integrated with the personal and the professional and mini retirements where we're not you know living our whole 30, 40 year career in, in hope of some future retirement and, and betting it all on that. So I'm, I'd love to hear more what you imagine coming up in the next, you know, five, 10, 20 years here. If, if things continue in, in this positive fashion, shifting the, uh, what, what opportunities may arise from these changing dynamics? Well, I think um, in terms of our ecosystem and what we're seeing already, we touched on freelancers a lot, but I do think that number is only going to continue to increase. And even the way we run our company, we are really a small team of core consultants, and then we have a partner network of 20 to 30 partners that we tap into and bring on for certain clients depending on their skill set. So these are usually niche skills like animators, developers, designers, moderators, facilitators, etc. Um, but that for us is we pitch it as a huge advantage to our clients because we reduce overhead and we're able to bring on the best people for that specific project. Because you can imagine that one partner might not be the right fit for Morgan Stanley, but they much more are a fit with Campbell Soup. And so I think we'll see in, in the next few years, um, and we're already seeing um, much more uptake of 
of clients of ours and of our peers using freelancers um, for anything on demand. And so I think that's really exciting and changing the way in which we work and the way in which we hire. Um, I think also in terms of you touched on automation. And while I think there is a lot of uncertainty because, yes, a lot of jobs will be automated, but we also don't know, you know, in the next six months to a year what jobs will be created that we didn't even know were possible. Um, so I think there's so much exciting interest in what those jobs can be and the technologies that are being developed, um, and that will always need a human element to these new technologies to be able to allow them to connect with us as consumers. Um, and so I think that's, that's an interesting area that we'll see um, new jobs pop up that we, we didn't know were possible. Yeah, and I think another result of you know, the workplace shifting and even what used to be the most stable job is no longer stable, so to speak. Um, I think that that's also really inspiring a lot of people to pursue more entrepreneurial ventures, even within companies. I think entrepreneurship is um, you know, something that now a lot of these large companies are promoting. They want um, their employees to be thinking creatively, be thinking out of the box, and they want to create an environment in which those employees are supported to actually build out and pilot some of those. I think that we're really excited about as a result of kind of the shift in, in the workforce um, is that people are increasingly enabled to create solutions to some of the problems that they're seeing and create those solutions very quickly. Um, one of the you know, topics that we just were referring to within finance is impact investing. Um, and we have a friend who you know, saw this opportunity in impact investing but also saw that it was very difficult for the kind of mainstream mass affluent millennial to um, actually have access to some of these impact investments. And so she created a platform called Swell Investing that now allows anyone to go in and actually invest in a portfolio of companies um, that are aligned with a specific social impact goal, whether it be green energy or water. Um, and that's just really exciting to be able to see um, that people are, are able to do that, get funding, get resources, build a team around that so quickly. Um, so I think there's tons of stuff to be excited about if you look towards the future from that point of view. Mm. Anything else along this uh, line of thought about some of these changes and in particular how your services and Purpose Playbook uh, really support this emergent, uh, emergence? Well, I think one of the things that is becoming really important um, if you talk about kind of knowing your self-worth as well is for especially our generation, but again, I think this applies to anyone, also women who are re-entering the workforce after taking some time off, to really do some soul searching and get to, to know themselves and get to know, you know what it looks like when they, again, are operating as their best selves. Um, and I think this not only allows you to make more empowered decisions, but it also you know, allows you to set the tone for other people about what to expect, and it allows you to be more mindful of how you're allocating your time and energy. Because we only have so much time on this planet. You only have so much time to dedicate to a job, to your family. Um, and I think one of the best things about something like Purpose Playbook and really doing that, that personal deep dive and creating something like a purpose statement is that it helps you to say no to certain stuff. Um, and 
I think that that is something also that um, especially women really struggle with. Um, and when you talk about kind of this, I think, rising trend of minimalism, um, that also should apply to our lives. We need to be really intentional with everything that's going on with, you know, smartphones and smart technology. There's so much coming at us that it can be really overwhelming and difficult um, to, you know, focus on the things that actually matter to you and first step actually define what actually matters to you. Um, and so I think doing this, this work that, that we're hoping to promote through Purpose Playbook um, will really help with that. And honestly, that's what purpose generation is really hoping to do with companies is translating what really matters to our generation. And if you want to be a company that we purchase from or want to work for, um, you need to get very clear about what your values are, what your mission is, um, and empower the con your consumers and your talent um, to achieve those goals along with you by working with you or buying products from you. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, that's that totally makes sense. You you, go, you two have really been pioneers, and it's it's uh, I'm, I I want to hear what qualities you bring as feminine leaders, and and how you feel like these qualities uh, can can contribute to someone's success and, and ability to impact change. Yeah, well, one that, and Nellie and I actually talk about this topic a lot together, um, you know, as we participate in events or work with some of our clients, I think we, we learn a lot from seeing leaders, both male and female. Um, and I think at, at a recent conference we were at, someone said, the future is feminine. It's not female, the future is feminine. And I really like that because I think that speaks to some of the, the leadership traits that at least I really admire most. Um, when you look at leaders, and I think Nellie agrees, and one of those is vulnerability. Um, and really amazing to see is a lot of the, the leaders in our generation are really um, leading in a more vulnerable, empathetic way. They're, you know, trying not to always be perfect. They're being more authentic, like you just said. Um, and this is, I think, incredibly powerful and something that honestly wasn't even possible just a decade or two decades ago. If I look at some of the women that came before us, they had to have some of that male energy to get to where they did. And only now is the tide shifting and are people really embracing a more feminine leadership style, um, again, which can be, I think, exuded by both men and women. Um, but the vulnerability is really key. The empathy um, and creating a, a feeling that we're all in this together, it's much more of a community-driven leadership style. Um, and then I think second, something that also comes to mind is establishing a shared purpose. So having some sense of, of vision, um, but really building it around a purpose and rallying a team um, around that as well, again, from a, a community point of view. Yeah, and one thing just to add, um, in the work that we do with Purpose Generation, we are so fortunate to get to work with um, some of the, the female Fortune 500 CEOs, which there are very few of them. I think there are now 27. Um, so that's one thing that needs to be worked on. Um, but what we have learned from them is that they are very much about paying it forward um, and so really making an effort to engage the next generation of female leaders and to start building and making that female talent pipeline more robust to get more women at the top of these companies 
in the executive level, in the boardroom, um, and to influence the way that you know the, the largest businesses are run. So, for example, um, Campbell Soup is run by Denise Morrison, who was their first female CEO. And she, we collaborated with her in building out a program called Camp Campbell. And the reason she wanted to start it in the beginning was to really mentor and invest in the next generation of female leaders. And so it's a community made up of now almost 400 female foodies, really, across the country and in Canada. And we bring together the different city chapters with Denise, or we now have 20, over 20 um, executive mentors across Campbell Soup and their portfolio brands. And we bring them together in intimate settings to really discuss some of the topics from mentorship to female leadership to um, big versus startup companies. And um, it's an amazing environment that allows Denise to share some of that wisdom and inspire everyone around the table. But in the same way, she is learning so much about our generation and what we care about. And it's just, just a really unique value exchange. But we've seen her not only with Cam Campbell, but with her whole company and in many other efforts outside of the company, really focus on the next generation of female leaders um, and invest in making sure that we have the support to help us get more women to the top. Yeah, and I think she's another example of that, that vulnerability piece. And the reason why we harp on it is the only way we're going to increase the number of women who are in leadership positions is if the women who are already there today open up about the challenges that they faced along the way and how they overcame them. And I think that's to some extent the missing link. That conversation is, is now starting to happen in safe spaces, but I think it needs to happen a lot more because um, we, as that next generation coming up, we're hungry for those tips and experiences. And again, with the whole Me Too me movement, people are starting to share these stories more openly and more frequently, which is really great. Yeah, and one example I just um, thought of was one of our clients told us a story that um, they were sitting, it was a board meeting, and their board is, I think they have two women on the board, which is pretty normal. Um, and uh, someone, one of the women spoke up and she was talking about a certain topic and then the guy next to her said the exact same thing and everyone around the table nodded their head and totally agreed with it like they hadn't heard the woman before speak. And so the other woman in the boardroom said, did you hear Tara just say that? And I want to make sure that you know that she said the same point. And so I think the point of that story is to make sure that other women are heard. And that is part of our, our mission as, as female leaders, um, to make sure that we give, give the mic to other women and make them feel heard um, and invest in each other. Oh, so, so many great points there. It's, it's so inspiring uh, the way that women are showing up for each other and and what I love about how you have created Purpose Generation is also the way that you draw on these networks of both other professionals and of your tribe of, of millennials to really get feedback and it seems like a lot of your success is based on deep listening and curiosity about the experience of others and, and really bringing forth the best in other people, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 
So speaking of vulnerability, uh, one, one last uh, topic here to touch briefly on around money is we all know it can be so challenging to talk about money and to, you know, set your rates and ask for a raise. And so many uh, times when women in particular, as we know, are often paid much less than men and there's so much, uh, so little transparency around money and value that often uh, the, um, uh, it it's, can be challenging to become empowered and, and express openly and vulnerably our financial needs and negotiate. And just uh, curious if you have any insights or advice for people who want to speak more openly about money. Yeah, I think just generally the conversation, money is almost like one of the last taboos, so to speak. And if you look again at some of the data, I think 73% of millennials are worried about money, but I'd be willing to bet that less than 10% of them, if that, are actually talking to their peers or even their, their partners about that topic. Um, you know, money leads to, is one of the leading courses causes of divorce, and I think, again, 45% of couples um, say that most of their fights are due to financials. Um, so the earlier that you can become comfortable talking about money and, and worth and value, the better. Um, so I would say, you know, even start, start in a safe space, start small by broaching the subject with also close friends. I think one of the things that I found most valuable is actually sitting down with some of my good girlfriends and talking about very openly and frankly, and it was a little bit awkward at first, about what they were making, how they went about having certain conversations with their bosses about asking for a raise, what they learned from that negotiation process. And I think just you know, hearing those different stories gives you the confidence in and of itself to go out and have those conversations yourself. Um, so just striking up that conversation when it feels safe and comfortable, I think, first and foremost. And then for couples, this is a, a big one. I'm actually personally about to get married. Um, and when you read some of the statistics about how little partners know of each other's financial situation, and then suddenly when they decide to join finances, learn about the excessive amounts of debt that the other might have. Um, you know, again, start this conversation early before you move in together. Have monthly money dates so that there's a time and place to discuss it um, where, again, it isn't as awkward and you're not taking things as personally as if you're having that conversation at the end of the day in bed. Um, so just making time and making an effort to have those conversations, I think, is very important. Yeah, and I think also moving from couples to also then raising kids um, to setting a new norm around what money means and um, how we speak about it with our families. I think that sets a big precedent for how you view money in the future. And if it's something that is openly discussed and um, you have full transparency around what, you know, how you make money, what you're expected to earn, how you invest, even small things of giving your kids a certain amount um, for doing chores and then having them invest that and teaching them little money lessons. I know I have some impactful memories from growing up of doing things like that. And I think that's a, a great way to help kind of embed um, money lessons in kids from an early age. Mm. Brilliant. It really is. Uh, the, the times are changing and a lot of the shame and guilt and fear that's, that's kept people silent, whether it's around 
um, sex or money or death, all those taboos really are, people are getting the courage to, uh, to speak up and, and be more authentic and, and vulnerable and, and dissolve some of that shame that, that keeps, you know, power over control structures uh, in place. And, and we're finding a new sense of freedom and, and empowerment, uh, not only as women and youth, but as humans, and just really being more open about, uh, about what's most valuable to us and what really is most important, and speaking that with our families and in our, um, in our organizations and being able to really give voice to, to what is most important. So in the last few minutes here, I'd love to hear um, a little bit more if people are interested in finding out about your work, um, how they can contact you, maybe what they can expect in the um, course that you have available. Absolutely. Um, and again, thank you so much for the opportunity to, to be on the podcast. Um, you've left us energized as well. This yes. has been a fantastic conversation. So we really appreciate it. And yes, listeners can find us at www.purposeplaybook.com where you can find blog articles, some free tools such as the email course you referred to, but we also have a really cool um, book, club, book club guide on how to host a more purposeful or purpose-driven book club for you and your friends with a reading list and prompts. So that's a great one to check out. And then our course is going live on April 4th, but you can pre-enroll already, and you'll find that under the navigation bar courses. And then otherwise, you can find us on um, Instagram as well, at Purpose Lower Dash Playbook, and we're on Facebook. And then if anyone's interested in Purpose Generation, that's just www.purposegeneration.com. Great. And uh, would you like to tell me any more about what the course is, what people can expect from that? Sure. So the course is 10 modules. Um, and really, it, is, it starts with a discovery process um, where we ask a series of questions that really require you to kind of dive deep and continuously write about some of your past memories, um, kind of your current observations, and then your expectations of the future. And then once we've done that kind of data dump, as we call it, um, then we'll walk you through a series of exercises where you're really pulling from that information and trying to find patterns and themes uh, in the things that you wrote down that will help kind of you develop that purpose statement that we called, that we talked about before. Um, and then once you have that purpose statement, we create what we call a purpose canvas which is really a, a, you know, almost a life design template where we walk through the different aspects of your life and have you um, get very specific about some tangible strategies and actions that you can take to live in alignment with your purpose statement. Um, so you can you know, be more lit up and also light those around you up more frequently. Wow, sounds fantastic. I really imagine it is so useful for anyone going through transformation or um, some, some change in their life. Hmm. Any final thoughts that you ladies would like to share? 
No, I think that's it. We're really, I also really admire the work that you're doing and, you know, bringing these conversations to light and helping give women the tools, resources, and inspiration um, to, you know, feel empowered and empower one another. Mm. Thank you so much for, for sharing your voices, your unique uh, passion around the transformation and empowerment of, of people and just really the, the book uh, club guide sounds incredible. That's, that's a whole other topic we could have talked about is <laughs> the power of groups coming together to share and just really appreciate all, all that you're offering for people. And so go check it out at www.purposeplaybook.com and know that there is so much positivity and people stepping up into their purpose and power, aligning their money with their values, having open, vulnerable conversations, becoming more effective leaders, through some of these things that we talked about and I just really sense a bright future and so much possibility and potential in as we we move through and navigate uh, the transitions that are happening um, within the economy and and the workplace and, and politically and so many levels and just so excited for uh, for what's what's unfolding right now and so grateful for you nelly and alex for being here and sharing your wisdom with us today thank you so much thanks for listening if you like what you heard the biggest compliment you can give us is to subscribe to the show and rate and review our podcast at itunes be sure to visit www.moneymorphosis.com that's money-m-o-r-p-h-o-s-i-s.com to join the growing community of empowered women who are dedicated to creating the true wealth they deserve.